Welcome to the Real Time Roots Podcast. I'm your host, Chris DL, and this is my co-host, Sarah. Hello, everyone. At Joyfully, we help you grow your own food and remedies so that you can make health and wellness for your family naturally. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to save money on holiday gifts, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Gift giving can be a challenge if you want it to be useful, special, and also appreciated. One of my favorite gifts was a reader's gift basket. And that came with hot chocolate, a book, and an extra special coffee cup. And I think there might have been a bookmark too. Now, what we're going to be talking about today as part of saving money for gift giving is wellness baskets. And these are the same idea. But they're focused on self-care, health, herbal remedies, and being homemade, which is even better than a can of Tim Hortons hot chocolate mix. And wellness baskets are easy to customize and fun to plan items for throughout the year. So one of the things that I love about wellness baskets is that you can, you save money, but you also can save time with it. Because as you're planning ahead of time, you can plan your crafting time too, so that you can get a lot done in a little bit of time. One of the things that's so important this year, especially with the hyperinflation we're all experiencing, is saving money and staying in your budget. Just because there's hyperinflation and everything's more expensive doesn't mean you have to give up your holiday special activities, including crafting and gift giving. One of the things you can do is create stuff like salves, lip balms, or maybe homemade soap in bulk. You can do just a morning of soap making and end up with five or six different types of soap, which enables you to do a lot of customization for gift baskets. It also removes the competition for the price of the gift. You don't have to be looking at the gifts under the tree and comparing notes of, well, I spent a hundred bucks on the nieces, and but they only spent five bucks each on my kid, and it removes the chance of jealousy, monetary comparison, and hopefully lets your gift actually be more appreciated and more beneficial for the person you're giving to because you're able to customize without worrying about spending money. I think too that we don't value our time enough. And when we give the gift of our time, we're actually giving something that can't be bought, that's absolutely priceless, that can't be exchanged for anything. And so that extra gift of the gift of time is super important. And when you do a homemade gift um, or a homemade gift basket, you're actually investing your time in that. And that is super important, especially now when everything is so mechanized. And mass-produced. And mass-produced. I do have a few friends who say for birthdays and holidays not to buy them anything. But if I make something, they'll accept it as a gift. But they actually hate receiving gifts completely. That's tough if people don't want to receive. Um, and I, I think that that's something they need to work out because that's obviously um, we need to be able to both give and receive. It's, it's important as part of our humanity to be able to receive. So one of the things I like about wellness baskets is not only are they homemade, but they're also health promoting. And you can design them to be health promoting for physical health, for emotional or mental health. 
and you can tweak them how you feel the recipient might get the most benefit. So some of the things I might include in a gift basket could include a handmade beeswax candle, bath bombs, or something similar if I wanted to focus on emotional or mental health. Or there could be tinctures or elixirs or homemade a homemade liqueur or something similar in the herbal department if I wanted to focus on physical health. So as you're making gift baskets, I think it's important to consider the person and what they value. And so you might want to, like in a wellness basket, include something not handmade as well as something handmade. Like a um, journal. A journal, music, a pen. I, I love getting pens and ink or paper or maybe something to color, pencil crayons. Um, I know, especially with, with kids, sometimes I think, well, um, I would buy Lego for kids, but for adults, I would make something. And I, I'm thinking there isn't anything that I could hand make that a child would like. But that's not really true, because you can give art supplies and art gifts for children. And, and they a lot of kids are delighted with that. And sometimes they're also delighted with bright colored soaps, too. They are? And some adults like Legos. Yes, some adults like, for instance, my family, adults like Lego. <laughs> in fact, Sarah loves Lego. Just in case any of our listeners want to send a Christmas present to Sarah, she loves Lego. Um, could, can we put Lego in a gift basket, homemade gift basket? How would you do that? Choose something that would be, well, fits into the mentality of the person you're gifting to. That could be Lego figure keychain, that could be a personalized Lego minifigure, or it could just be maybe even one of those surprise minifigure packs just so they have a little mystery in the gift box basket. And what would you pair that with in a self-care basket? I might pair it with a pen, depending on the Lego figure I was aiming for. They actually have those Lego dots that you can make a organizer for your desk with. And then you can personalize it with the different colored dots. Okay. So that could be something if you know the person's working at a desk a lot that could add a bright speck of color. And then you throw a lip balm in there. and Lip balm, hand cream or hand balm, a lotion maybe, and maybe a small diffuser or a blend to be used in a diffuser at the desk. Different things to incorporate, like relaxation while at the job or at the desk. Or things focus, like that. something with some rosemary to help with focus, maybe some citrus oils to help with focus. And I'd probably also throw in some cookies. Biscotti. Oh, biscotti and, and a coffee mug. Are you talking homemade biscotti? Yes. Oh, can I sign up for that one? All right, moving along here. Avoid compulsive buying, Black Friday sales, and Christmas advertising. Yes. I won't quite say like the plague because, well, that's actually hard to avoid. <laughs> okay, bad joke. <laughs> I think it's super important, especially this year when we're trying to stay in budget and have enough to stretch our, our money so that we can enjoy the things that are really important to us, that we do avoid compulsive buying just before Christmas. And by doing handmade gifts and gift baskets, um, the sooner you start, the less likely you're going to be tempted to do those compulsive buys right before Christmas. Now, and commercial gift baskets are never 
worth the price. Oh, yeah, for sure. So much goes into the fillers, and they're not really valuable. And you can't check the best before date. A lot of the, well, last year's ships didn't come in for Christmas, which means I'm being very cautious with anything that's holiday related that I plan on purchasing and checking the best before dates because some stuff is actually out of date that's on the store shelves and is holiday themed. Oh, you're talking food. about food like cookies and... So don't buy a, a gift point. basket because you can't check the best before dates on the food that is in the packaging. Making it yourself, though, solves that problem and, oh, definitely. and saves you money. Saves you money for sure. Um, the other thing that we suggest is that you starve the big box stores. And support local small businesses. You might not want to put the effort into, say, making a bunch of different kinds of melt and pour soaps. Or maybe you don't want to put in the time to do a bunch of different lip balms. But there might be someone local to you who is making those things at home, handmade. And you could support them. The other thing is if you do make your own melt and pour soap or other soaps and you are looking to teach it, that's a great thing you can do is to get together with some friends, teach what you know, and together make gift baskets for friends. Also known as a make and take workshop. We actually have a member in our membership that is doing make and take workshops in order to uh, raise enough money to pay for her herbal education. I think it's a great idea, especially in this economic climate we're in. And if you have a lot of friends who have different specialties, maybe one specializes in doing salves and lip balms, another one specializes in soap, maybe you specialize in doing candles or something, you could always do an afternoon where you get together and each person teaches the group their specialty. And you can basically exchange skill sets and then everybody gets a little bit of each thing to take home. Now, one of the things that I really love to do with wellness baskets or any kind of homemade gift is to pick a theme for the year and just make one thing or a group of, of similar things that go together and then make a lot so that everyone on my list gets pretty much the same thing, at least all the adults or maybe all the kids. So for instance, um, last year, Sarah and I made melt and pour soap. That's why we keep talking about it. And, it was fun. And... Uh, we made, I think, I think we made f maybe eight different kinds of soap, Sarah, in about two hours in an afternoon. And then um, we, we did it in the microwave and then we just made up gift baskets from it. And we even stuck toys in some of them for the kids. Yeah, that was really fun. And, and, and soap last... it actually took the baby over six months to get the toy out of the soap. I was just going to say the soap lasts. So it's not it's not like cookies where you make them and then they're done the next day. And soap is pretty safe even for people that are avoiding sugar or on a diet. But besides melt and pour soap, you can do the same thing with lip balms or hand, hand moisturizer, lotion bars. And you might notice we're mostly talking about things where you can make a large amount of items in a short amount of time. We're not talking about hand knitting everybody on your list socks. Right. Absolutely. And there are ways, if you're doing things in bulk, there are ways that you can save time. Uh, so even if it was like a sewing gift, uh, one year I made uh, flax bags for everybody on the list and I stuffed them with flaxseed and lavender buds. And uh, I 
I sewed them all in one afternoon on my sewing machine and then ironed them all together and stuffed them all together and then sewed them up by hand to finish all together. And then by the time I was finished, I had about seven of these. Still have mine. And and they last a long time. And they're super helpful for people that maybe are he- doing heavy labor or gardeners where they want a cold pack or like an ice bag or a heating pad. Um, and so that was really appreciated. The only problem is when you do that, once you've done it once, then you don't want to repeat that. Um, so you have to come up with something new the next year. Which is why I like soaps and lip balms and hand lotions, because people use them up so they can use more every year. Right. Homemade gifts and gift baskets allow you to be creative with the contents while limiting the amount of time required to actually make the gift. One of the things we will often do is do, say, a batch of lip balm or something in August or September, and then we'll start running one batch of a new item each month leading up to December holidays. And we'll just assemble the gift baskets out of those five to seven items in December But we've actually only spent one day in each of the previous five to seven months making the actual items. A lot of times what we do, the the materials to make it are the same. So you don't have to keep running out to the to Michael's or um, Hobby Lobby to find your materials, because, you know, every time you go to a store like that, you end up spending more than you intended because of all the wonderful, creative things. Uh, So. You can buy like one, do one shopping trip and have enough for the whole season, unless you like shopping. Now, what is a wellness basket anyway? And why would you want to give one? Yeah, I'd like to know that. Why would you want to receive one? Well, a wellness basket is specifically a collection of herbal or homemade items that are most often consumable in nature and are intended to bring health, joy, and or tasty flavors to the recipient. So I got for Christmas last year a box of tea and it had three different kinds of herbal tea and it had, I think it had a mug and a tea infuser. That was the basket. Well, you gave me the wellness box last year that was a small bar of soap, a lip balm and a lotion bar. And we've done other variations with hot chocolate, cookies and Bailey's. What would you do for a wellness basket for a child? Let's say a 10-year-old. Lip balm, lip gloss, assuming female, soap, maybe a washcloth. I would put a rubber ducky in that. I would probably add a couple of bath bombs because those are fun. And I would add a roll-on that is designed to be anti-stress, probably with lavender and rose. Yeah, essential oil roll-on to help with, say, stress or something like that. That's like lavender and rose that can, they can also play as a um, perfume. Oh, that's fun. That's fun because the roll-ons are already diluted. Yeah, but I would probably make it myself and I would probably use lavender, rose, and if I could get it, uh, tonka bean. Okay, you like tonka bean. I really like tonka bean. What is it about tonka bean that you like? It's a base note. It's usually used in perfumery and it has like that base floral note that goes really well under rose and lavender. Okay. Sounds nice. Would you use that in like a bath bomb? I would because I keep putting it in my bath. Aha, now we know. 
but I think it would also go further if it was in the roll-on. I think the other thing is you can have a lot of fun with this because you can um, make things like as the garden is being harvested, like jams or or elixirs or like elderberry elixir or something like that. And they go really nice in a wellness basket, especially if it's packaged in a small bottle instead of a huge bottle. I noticed that things that are bottles are great. Things that are packaged in small bottles tend to have a higher value in as people receive them than things that are packaged in large amounts. For instance, giving a 500 ml package of jam, strawberry jam, doesn't have as much value or perceived value as giving a 50 ml jar of jam. Or 100 ml. Or 100 ml. 100 ml is pretty standard with jams. And it's actually easier to water bath cans small jars of jam because you can fit those in a regular pot instead of actually needing a canner. So now we're talking a little bit about skill level. There are some skills that are involved, but they're worth knowing. And so taking the time to learn these kinds of skills will set you up. It's like learn them once you have them for life. If you are ready to start on your herbal journey to get to know herbs and make your own medicine, I've got the perfect next step for you. My membership, the DIY Herb of the Month Club, will help you get to know your herbal allies by studying one herb at a time. And we make a game of it. You will go on a 30-day journey with an assignment to do every day that will only take you 10 or 15 minutes. You'll go on a monthly quest to build your confidence so that you can learn to rely on your herbal allies. You'll invest just five to 15 minutes a day of hands-on guided exercises to gain knowledge of each month's herbal ally. You'll also learn how to grow, forage, or find each month's herb. You'll study the historical context of the medicinal and or culinary uses of each herb. You'll create a personal materia medica for long-term reference. You'll also study the modern scientific studies and evaluate their methodology and conclusions. And you'll engage your senses both logically and intuitively to get to know each herb really, really well so that you can use it confidently. So stir up some recipes with me and start using your new herbal allies for focused hands-on learning inside the DIY Herb of the Month Club. So I hope you'll decide to join me. The link is in the show notes. So some more options. We already mentioned things from the garden like tinctures. But you can also make elixirs or even herbal mead, tea blends, tisanes, which is herbal teas. Or depending on your gardening level, permaculture level, or just how much you're willing to do, you could even make up your own mushroom coffee or hot chocolate blends. And you can get those in the store too. Like you can buy the ingredients and assemble them yourselves. Or you can buy a pre-made one if you know the recipient wants to try it. And I think that cookies are traditional at this time of year to make lots of cookies. And so they're great in gift baskets too. And if you want them to be slightly more herbal or medicinal, you can always make things like gingerbread pizzelles or even ginger snaps. I was going to say orange spice biscotti. 
yeah, that's fine too. Anything with some cinnamon and some ginger is going to be good for digestion. Some ideas for salves could include things like a warming salve for sore muscles, like the canned salve we have on the blog. Or you could do a peppermint foot balm as a cooling salve for sore feet. Or with peppermint, you can just do it as a fun pampering salve. You can also make lip balm, lip gloss, or as we've mentioned multiple times, soaps. So one of the nice things about salves is you can make a salve base and a salve base is basically uh, seven parts of a liquid oil and one one part of beeswax. So when you're talking parts um, in herbalism, you're talking about you name the part. So let's say it was tablespoons. You could do seven tablespoons of a liquid oil like olive oil and one tablespoon of beeswax. Um, if you were talking uh, quarter cups, it would be um, like seven quarter cups, which is just about uh, two cups. One and three quarter cups. Yeah. And then you do one quarter cup of beeswax. And that makes your salve the right consistency. And then uh, what we do in herbalism is we infuse that liquid oil with an herb to make it uh, therapeutic. And then and then once the infusion is done, then we strain it and mix in the beeswax uh, to make the salve. And then you need uh, small jars or um, salve tins or something like that to hold it in. Now, the nice thing about that is you can make that salve base and then pour it into smaller containers and then use your herbs. Or essential oils. So a great herb to infuse is chamomile because it's really easy to find. Um, You can just use chamomile tea and you can actually use the tea bags to infuse in the oil. And then you don't have to strain it. And you, well, you just pull out the tea bag and squeeze it out, being careful not to break it. That chamomile that's in the tea, it has relaxation benefits. It also has some skincare benefits. And um, it's also very calming. Um, so if someone has, like, it's anti-inflammatory. So if someone has some redness from winter skin, that chamomile is really therapeutic. And then you can go ahead and make the salve with seven parts of that oil with one part of beeswax. It's important to use beeswax. You don't want to use like paraffin. It doesn't have any therapeutic benefits, but beeswax does. And then you melt those together in in like just a, a heat safe measuring cup, like a Pyrex measuring cup. And then you can just pour it into your containers, let it cool, add essential oils if you want. Each container can have different essential oil blends and then they're ready to go once they cool once they cool um, i honestly thought you were going to say calendula well i was i was actually going to say calendula but if someone doesn't have a garden they're not going to have access to calendula flowers whereas chamomile you can get at the grocery store and you could use peppermint too you could use peppermint um yeah you could you could use lavender if you had it you could use just about any of the flowers in your garden that a lot of them have skincare benefits, but I was thinking chamomile because people can find that at the grocery store. That they can. Now, when I make wellness baskets, I like including an item for ambience, and that can be something like a candle, bath bombs, an essential oil for diffusing, or bath salts, bath tea, or some other relaxing item to help the person set up a relaxing ambience experience. So, when, um, well, it's kind of like huga, right? That whole idea of coziness and that comes from the Nordic countries. Oh, that word. That word is huga. H-Y-G-G-E, I think. 
That's not how I was going to pronounce it. I was going to pronounce it closer to hugs. <laughs> hugs sounds great, too. I, th I think that that's probably the closest English translation in my dictionary. Um, but we actually don't have an English word for it. So it's I, I think it's open to interpretation. But that ambience is what I'm thinking, candles and essential oil. I, what I was going to say is there's a lot of things that you can use as a passive diffuser. If you don't have an electronic diffuser and you don't have anything to use for a diffuser, you can actually just use um, a clay pot or um, a piece of leather or a piece of cloth as a diffuser and it will go into the room. And if you go to different, say, local Christmas markets or farmers markets, if you have local potters, a lot of them will make small dishes and small bowls just for the fun of it, basically, or to test their clay or to test their glazes. And those are usually quite inexpensive and you make great passive diffusers. Yeah. Yeah. Essential oils are very volatile. So that what that means is they, they evaporate into the air quickly. And so by using um, a passive diffuser, which is generally safe for kids and pets, where an electronic diffuser might not be, you can get that beautiful ambience and keep it um, local because it doesn't go as far into the room as, say, an electronic diffuser or a misting diffuser. And if you have someone that has sensory processing issues in the house, like auditory or olfactory, doing it passively means it won't affect as much as the house. And you also won't have the constant whirring sound of the diffusers. So the other thing that's fun to include in the gift basket is something that's non-consumable a bookmark or a book or something like that as a memento so that they remember you gave them the gift basket, um, especially if it's like a cookie box or something where it's going to be consumed very quickly. They remember if you give them something that's non-consumable in it. It could be something as simple as a pretty pen, bookmark, candle, homemade flax bag, scarf, or anything else you can think of that's helpful but not consumable. It could even just be a little bit little toy or something that they wouldn't normally buy for themselves that's cute. The thing that I love about making homemade gifts is that they can be completely customizable to the person. So as you're making it, you might make, um, say, lip balms and, and lotion bars for everybody. But then as you're putting them in the gift box, you might include a Lego for the 10-year-old and you might include a Lego for the grandfather and you might include a Lego for the daughter. No, seriously. <laughs> Legos for everyone. The other thing that's fun to include, if you run out of time or you're feeling a little pressured, is local consumable gifts like from local farms, like maybe um, jams or honey or even those. Um, I know one of my gift recipients was always delighted when she got those honey straws in her gift. Honey straws are even better than candy canes. So let's talk a bit about how you would customize, okay? So first of all, we're not talking about the gift baskets in the stores, right? Correct. But, well, when we're recording this, it's actually October, but this is going to be live in December. So swing by some of your local stores, look at some of the gift baskets that are on display. Some stores get the gift baskets on display really early in the year, like Costco will have them on display in September. 
and consider what you like about them. What do you like about the presentation? What do you like about what's in them? Would there actually be any of those that you'd be happy to receive and make notes? Things you like, things you don't like, things that are stupidly overpriced and expensive, just make notes. Then incorporate the things you like into your own gift baskets while omitting the ones you don't. All right, can you give us an example? Well, if you see, say, a gift basket of teas and tea blends, the teas and tea blends themselves may be awesome, but the teapots and mugs are often gimmicky, cheap, and not really that good of an investment. They'll take up cupboard space and counter space and most likely end up smashed at some point. You know, what I like doing is going into thrift shops and looking in the thrift shops for interesting mugs or um, interesting baskets and using incorporating those antiques into my gift baskets. I still have my fishing cat tea ball. It still works really, really well. I think I've had it for about eight years. Did I get that in a thrift shop? I think we picked it up at one of the small kitchen stores. Okay. But it was something unique and it honestly works a lot better than some of the infusers that I've actually gotten from gift baskets. It actually holds a full tablespoon of tea. So it can be used for herbal tea and therapeutic dosing. So you can always use items from thrift stores, especially since you can often find mugs and other items, spoons, sugar spoons, anyone that are really fancy. So thrift stores are really fun to find interesting things like spoons, mugs, dishcloths, baskets, Baskets are great. And tins. Baskets and tins. And sometimes you could even find those um, crinkly paper strips that you stick in the baskets to make things look fuller. So if you don't have those, though, there's other things you can use. Like crumpled up tissue paper. Popcorn. Popped popcorn. Air popped popcorn. Yeah, not greasy popcorn. Take into account the recipient's know and likes and dislikes. After all, if they absolutely hate mushrooms, a mushroom coffee or hot chocolate is probably out of the question but they may prefer various tea blends, especially if they like London Fogs. I think that was quite calculated. (laughs) Just for our audience, our producer really does not like mushrooms, and Sarah likes to tease, so the two go really well together. This is part of his gift basket. So so just to, to summarize, the best gift baskets contain something to drink, an ambience item like a candle or a pen or a journal, a pampering item um, like an essential oil blend or lip balm or bath bombs, something like that, something that actually fits with the whole gift. Obviously, if it's a item for a desk, you're not going to stick a bath bomb in it. But if it's an item for self-care, you might have a bath bomb. And then something non-consumable that is kind of memorable, um, which the best place to find those things actually, I think, are gift shops or curiosity shops. And then a beautiful presentation in a basket. Now, how do you wrap it? Well, one way to do it is to uh, put it in a gift bag, put everything in a decorative tin, which can also be picked up at the thrift stop, thrift store. And with a tin, you can close the top of it so you don't have to worry about trying to wrap it in fancy cellophane. Then you can just put a bow on it. And you don't actually technically need to tape it either. You can just wrap the ribbon around it. 
Right, Sarah, you have some people that you're making gift baskets for, and they're probably not going to be listening to this podcast unless you tell them about it. So why don't you tell us what you're thinking about for making these gift baskets for your friends? Well, I have a couple walking partners. So I'm planning on doing some small um, Mylar bag packed combinations of dried fruit, fruit, homemade fruit leather, possibly a jar of homemade jelly. And then I'm going to add non-consumable items to tweak it to each individual person, like my walking partner who's also a writer. I'm going to see if I can get her a really nice pen and things like that. Fun. And I'm probably also going to be adding some teas or coffees to it as well. I, I think one of the things about gift baskets is you can make them uh, big or small, expensive or inexpensive, uh, one, depending on your budget, two, depending on your relationship with a person. You might give, you know, your daughter or your your son-in-law or your best friend something fairly pricey, and then you might want to do something for your next-door neighbor who you don't know very well, and then you can you can make something similar but much less pricey. And so you can invest your budget depending on your relationships. That's one reason I like the lip balms because usually the biggest expense with the lip balm is actually the lip balm tube. Yeah, the tube. But they're reusable if you're if you're making it yourself. The other thing is a lip balm doesn't have to be in a tube. It can be in a small jar or a small tin. So if you might be thinking about doing wellness baskets for, say your kids' teachers at school, you want to aim smaller. Right. So a small portable wellness basket could include something like just a soap, a salve, or a lotion bar, and a lip balm. And maybe if you wanted to throw in something extra, you could throw in a tea light candle or something else very, very small. So when we say baskets, that's just sort of a generic term. It can be in a tin, it can be in a gift bag, it can be in a box. And the benefit of doing small ones with just, say, three or four items is those are perfect for work gift exchanges, giving to teachers as gifts, or giving to next-door neighbors. Anyone you feel might expect or appreciate a gift, you could even do some to give to people at the local nursing home. That'd be fun. That'd be very fun. You could even get kids involved with making them up. So we've been talking today about making wellness baskets to save money, to stay in our budget, and to give gifts of time that are very appreciated. And we always want to leave you with a positive action that you can take to move forward on the things we're talking about. So today, I want to invite you to visit joybeliefarm.com backslash wellness dash basket and explore building your own wellness basket. And there's also ways to streamline your time and to plan your time so that you can get the most gifts for wellness baskets made in the least amount of time. And have the most fun while doing it. And as I mentioned, our producer really doesn't like mushrooms. So in our next episode, we're going to be talking about medicinal mushrooms. And how to use them for superfoods and remedies. I'm excited. And he's not. Thank you for listening. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends, even the friends that you're planning on giving wellness baskets to. And as always, please share, like, and subscribe. And if you didn't catch the URL to go to, just check the show notes. It's there. Bye for now.